One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Thanks for being here. Appreciate Thank you, man. Thank you, Ernie. Yep. I'm happy tonight, man. This is... Smells kind of funky out here. It smells funky. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it wasn't just our imagination. Welcome to California, I guess. um... Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Mo DeKeel on opening night. Coming up, ring night for the Warriors. Draymond Green gets some airtime, and Boston's dynamic duo open the season with a bang. Before we start, don't forget, you can get this podcast ad-free by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. Mo, Philly, Boston, the Eastern Conference Titans. This could be the Eastern Conference Finals, Mo. We get this matchup on opening night. Boston pulls it out thanks to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. 35 points apiece from these guys. And, Mo, this is the sort of thing that you want to see from Boston. Coming off the finals loss, opening night, they obviously had this tumultuous recent part of their offseason, just all of this stuff, the the email Doka stuff happening right before the season starts. Great to see them get out on this sort of a good foot. I mean, it's almost, it's exactly how you want to start if you're Boston. With all the drama around the team, with like you said, you don't, but not just that. No Robert Williams. You're you're kind of questioning stuff. Gallinari goes down. A little bit of depth issues and things like that. And your stars come out right away and establish themselves. Tatum, Brown, combined for 70 points. Like, that's just an impressive performance. And I thought it was within the flow of everything. I didn't feel like things were forced. I didn't feel like things were, were out of control. The, the thing that really kind of shocked me, Dave, and it's something that they didn't do much last year, but they did a whole lot of ton in this game, and, I, and, and, and I'm guessing it's been an emphasis, is they got out in transition. They pushed the ball every opportunity they had. They outscored Philly in transition 24-2. to 24-2, to wow. Dave. That's you absurd. Know- and Mo, something I noticed, and we know that Boston has an issue, especially Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, with turning the ball over in transition, especially. Like we saw how the Warriors played them. We saw how Miami played them. And Philly tried that at the beginning. I thought this kind of led to a little bit of their their slippage. They don't have the personnel to be picking these guys up three-quarter or half court. And, and when Boston's running hard like this, they were able to take advantage. And, and really, I, I thought they wore Philly out a little bit in the first half. Yeah, I mean – it's just not wise to think that way of like this let's this is not a team in Philly that should be picking up full court at any point. Maybe one guy to kind of be a little hustle or whatever uh Matisse Thybulle to throw him out there and let him pick somebody up full court. But you're not going to do it when you have James Harden and Tyrese Maxey on the floor. PJ Tucker should not be picking up Jason Tatum three-quarter court on the first possession or second possession of the game. It just doesn't make any sense. You're not able to set your defense up, and especially this early when you're integrating new pieces. It just seemed like a little bit of a silly strategy defensively, and it didn't work. That was the other thing. Why'd you stay with it? It didn't work, but but also part of it, too, and I I don't want to get away from it, is just Boston was just on top of it tonight. And I think that's the ultimate thing is I think defensively, they really kept Philly away from most of the stuff they wanted to do, especially early. 
And I think they kind of just put that pressure on them. And then from there, they built up. And they didn't even shoot the ball that well from three. Yeah, they didn't. And, and you know, look, when, you, when you've got Joel Embiid, usually you're going to win the battle in the paint. And, man, Boston did a really good job of defending them in the paint. And, and part of that, Mo, I, I don't think Philly did a good enough job of a, establishing themselves in the paint. I thought it was too much playing around the perimeter uh, when you've got Joel Embiid, who who is you know one point six, one point seven points per post up on a bad night, you know, get him the ball. I mean, it it made no sense. It made no sense. And this is and and more importantly, they pick they get Al Horford to pick up two fouls quick in the first quarter. I mean, with nine minute mark in the first quarter, they're putting in uh, a Vonley in right a, a, a blast from the past, really, and and Noah Vonley showing up, and they don't immediately go into the post with Embiid. You know, he gets one post up in the in that run and kicks it out to Harris for a three because Brown wasn't sure what to do in no man's land, but they don't really attack it. And it's like, guys, you have to go to that. That has to be four, five consecutive post-ups. You got to play through Joel Embiid in the post. And some of that's also on Embiid because he does like the float. So it's not just all on, on the play calling and stuff. Some of it's on Embiid staying out there. But like, I was kind of just astonished by their attack early on for the most part, Dave, when I was watching Philly, like I was first game, all that stuff. But to me, I just looked at it going like, Hey, whose team is this going to be? Is this going to be James Harden's team? And then we're going to go with everything else. Cause they did run a ton of pick and roll, a lot of stuff on the perimeter. Or is this going to be a Embiid's team? And Embiid's got to be wanting to be in the post. I think their best offense comes off Embiid getting a touch, at least near the post. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be the low post. It could be the high post. They were running him, you know, he was running like a little weave pitch plays up, you know, 25 feet from the basket, trying to get downhill. And that's just not Joel Embiid's game. But let's talk about Harden. Harden had a pretty good game. I mean, 35 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. I thought first half he was instrumental in in really keeping them matched up with, with the Celtics. He was pretty good in that first half. Uh, how'd you feel about Harden overall? First half, I liked him. I thought he was good. I think in the second half, it, it it felt like he just went to back to being bad Harden, right? And it's frustrating because we've had this whole year, this whole offseason of this team. This is their first impression of you. This is the first impression you get of this new Sixers team, you know? And you're, you're thinking this is the best team Joel Embiid's ever had around him. This is the most talent he's ever had around him. And it's just frustrating because it really felt like it just went back to their old things. You know, one of the turnovers that they had, you know, James Harden coming off a of pick and roll, he thinks he's fouled, so he gets up to throw the ball to get the foul call. Well, they don't call the foul. Whether it was fouled or not, I don't know. But he basically just throws the ball away, and Jalen Brown picks it up for a dunk the other way. Like, you are you got to be smart with what you're doing, how you're looking to attack and things like that. There were some positive stuff down the stretch with with the Sixers. I think they went to Embiid in the post a little bit more, and, and he's got to play tougher in the post, but there were times where he got it in the post, Harden came circling around from the three-point line, got an easy three out of it from with a kick out from Embiid. Like, there's more of that stuff there. But in general, man, this this whole Philly team, I mean, just I was really thoroughly unimpressed. Yeah, Boston was clearly the tougher team on just about every single possession. They were going for more 50-50 balls, not just getting more of them. They were going for more of them. I, I just liked the, the physicality that they brought, and especially because no Robert Williams who's a guy that normally brings so much of that form. It was good to see, you know, Tatum and Brown using a lot more of that force as well. Yeah. And, and 
their with their force, it was also a coordinated defensive attack. Very well put together game plan from uh, interim coach Joe Mazzula, his first game ever coaching as a head coach. Like I thought he did a great job in you know how they attacked and beat. That was the other thing that they kept him really off balance. They kept sending traps. Their hustle as a team defensively was impressive, just covering for each other and rotating and things like that. I think this was it, that was part of the problem for Embiid in that that got in his head a little bit. But they got to find a way, if you're Philly, to, to build upon this because this was just a bad game. Thankfully, it's game one of 82. We got a long way to go, Philly, so you don't have to be that desperate. But it's a tough first look at the, when, when, when you see what you saw. Once I woke up to the video... I don't know if the, the dynamic necessarily changes or not because you never really know people's opinions right away. Mo, I tuned in to TNT a couple of minutes before, you know, the alleged tip-off uh, of the uh, all the activities tonight. Um, and there was this weird show on. I, I, was, I was hoping to catch the last couple minutes of Bones, get myself ready for NBA regular season action. And instead, it was, I don't know really what it was. It was this really odd Draymond Green uh, documentary. And he was addressing, punching Jordan Poole. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of it because I don't know what it was. But, Mo, it was certainly a thing that I watched. It happened. It's a thing that happened, Dave. It's out there. And it was very awkward for all of us. I think the biggest question we all had was, you know, what's Draymond going to say about it on his podcast about the punch? No, 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 no. He, again, he's on the Warriors. He's light years ahead. Not going to do a podcast on this. He's going to do a documentary on this. And that's exactly what it was. I, I thought it served no purpose and it was useless. And hey, oh, hey. okay. Like yet another yet another I mean, documentary nobody asked for. Um, but something exciting did happen for the Warriors before the game tonight. Ring night, Mo. It's it's one of those nights, and I will say this: watching Clay Thompson get his ring felt a little special because of all the stuff that he'd been through. It was kind of like watching him. You know, we watch him come back and play his first game. This sort of su- completed the circle. Of the Clay Thompson comeback, so I, I, you know, I'm not gonna say I got choked up because uh, I'm not quite that guy with Clay Thompson. I do like him a lot, but I certainly I felt proud of Clay Thompson. What do you think about Ring Night? The crowd was really good. I, I thought it was great. It was fun. It was it's it, it's it's cool. I'm personally and, and because I'm heartless and soulless, I just want to <laughs> get to the basketball. I'm like, let's wrap this thing up. Um, but ultimately, like, it's cool to see. It's 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 a fun reward for the players that night and the staff and. You know, a lot of people get in their rings. The cool thing I thought about this ring in particular is that, you know, when you when you turn it, it kind of shows the number of Larry O'Brien trophies you've won with this team. So a couple of guys have a different ring than the other guys. And so on. I thought I thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah. Now, the Warriors need to get championship belts and wear them to every game. Like just just lean into this real like be real champions, real champions wear the belt. Uh, Another thing that they did for ring night, they brought back. A bunch of the really good vibes, former role players. And Mo, I thought it was smart because, you know, this team has a bunch of young, good vibes, positive role players. And it's it's almost like a passing of the torch a little bit. And Mo, this the story of this game for the Golden State Warriors, to me, was actually 
the role players holding their own against the Lakers starters, the Lakers bench, pretty much uh, allowing the Warriors starters to sit for long periods of time. Uh, Kevon Looney played, played 21 minutes in this game. He was plus 30, Mo. What a luxury to have James Wiseman be able to come in and play. I mean, he was minus 11, but be able to come in and play solid minutes where, you know, he picks up eight points, seven rebounds, you know, and a block. Uh, it looks pretty competent. This this team is stacked. Oh, yeah, they beat the uh, the Lakers. It was 123 to 109, but that score does not indicate how badly the, Laker, the Lakers were beaten in this game. The Lakers are awful. They well, are I mean, so bad. So I want to just celebrate the Warriors' young guys. Wiseman was awesome. No, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go in on the Lakers. We will, we we'll, will, we'll get there. <laughs> but the, but the Warriors. I think the funny thing for me about this is, it almost felt like they went into this game like it's a preseason game. It, it Steve just, Kerr was playing around with some of these lineups. It wasn't. It was just like, hey, no big deal. Like it wasn't like we're going into this with opening night. And granted. It's a nice luxury to have, to have guys like James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, like those guys to be able to kind of come in and get those reps on top of everything. Dante DiVincenzo, another dude, you know, new to the Warriors and getting a little bit of burn and things like that. But I'll say this, the Warriors were sloppy. This could have been a 30-point win, easily. 18 turnovers, and they kind of kept the Lakers somewhat around or close-ish in this game. With just some like sloppy turnovers and things like that. You know, the the broadcast at one point is like, oh, the Lakers stellar defense. I was like, no, the Warriors were just basically giving the ball away. And I think that was kind of the the key there. It, at the end of the day, like the Warriors are going to be good. Like this uh, shocking, shocking and great <laughs> yeah. analysis for me. Warriors. Right. Good. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of positives here. Um, none of the starters uh, except for Steph. Played over 30 minutes. Steph looked great, by the way. I mean, Steph throwing, uh, you actually posted a, a clip. Uh, Steph throwing this diagonal pass to Jordan Poole, who kind of looked like Steph Curry flying on the break, and then Jordan Poole hits a three. Just doesn't really feel fair when when, when Steph is cooking. And guess what? He was 4 of 13, Mo, from three. It's not like he had one of these crazy three-point shooting nights. He had 33 points. And the, the thing that he did the best was putting pressure on the rim but between his post-ups and his backdoor cuts mode. This is just Steph Curry looking like he was playing around. Yeah, no, I mean, they literally were just about as loose as you could be. I'm telling you, they went into this game like it was a preseason game. Like there were no stakes at all or this was the start of the season or anything. They literally just kind of rolled through it. And to be honest, the Warriors killed them in the mid-range. They were 10 of 14 from the mid-range shots alone. Like it wasn't, they weren't that great from three or anything like that. It was just, hey, easy, just mid-range night. And it was everybody kind of doing it. Like, everybody had their moments. I just, in general, I just think, like, man, if this is how they're going to start the season and then slowly build up, like, I think there's going to be a, a a fun ride for, for the Warriors here. Yeah, they had 31 assists on opening night with, with a bunch of new faces. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo is playing big minutes. Jamichael Green's playing big minutes. Moses Moody m might start for the Lakers, and he only played eight minutes. Like, that's how deep this team is. It's It, it feels unfair, um, but, you know, it, it, Moses Moody basketball. would start on a lot of teams. Let's just be You don't fair. think he'd start? Well, that's right, but he played eight minutes yeah. for, for the Warriors. Uh, on the other side... 
Um, you know, I think one of the positives was Russell Westbrook, actually. He he was not he was bad, but not awful. And he was fairly efficient. He did some stuff. Um <laughs> what do you have to say? Oh man, you're Mo, you're killing me. Uh what do you think about Russ tonight? Um I thought I thought in the second quarter he was pretty good. If only it was just the second quarter, Dave. <laughs> like and then and then it stops, right? Like it's it's just it's just it's this is not the right place for him. At the end of the day, it's not the right place. There's no fit on this team for him. I think it's just a difficult spot. I mean, you know, I a lot of times I think he's trying to occupy the same space LeBron is, and I think that's really the the issue of this team. And you know, there's there's no fix for that. And yeah. I think that's the problem with with Russ on the court with LeBron. And the problem is this team in general is terrible. After LeBron and AD, there's, I mean, listen, Patrick Beverly's nice, but like, come on. Like, we're really counting on him that much. Like, there's not like, there's nothing there. This is just a bad roster, you know? And, 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 and it's a, it's a roster. If you showed me this roster and didn't give me AD and LeBron and just said, this is, this is what the Houston Rockets look like. Oh, they're tanking. And that's, Plain and, and simple. That, that that would just be my thought, and it's you know you're looking at this roster and it's just so bad. Shot twenty five percent from three, you know ten for forty. I don't even think they should shoot forty threes. This is not the team that's good enough to shoot forty threes. You know that they, they should be in the twenty five range. They should threes. be maybe running the Princeton offense, like for real. And I know that that sounds like an old man thing, but they do not have the shooting. They need the cutting. The pick and roll is ineffective for them because they don't have any shooting to space the floor. I mean, there were possessions where LeBron James looked like he was trying to create space, like create room to shoot in a phone booth. I mean, there are three, three players from the Warriors able to camp out in the lane and help every single time a Laker got into the paint because there's just no shooting. And it's not like this is news. We knew this team was bad on paper. We just need, you know, we all just needed to see it. Uh, we've seen it. Maybe they should stop shooting threes. I, You know, you said in the notes, I don't know what to say about them. I, that's how I feel. There's really nothing to say. They're bad. It's it's the, the more worrying thing here is the Warriors went into this game feeling like it felt and the vibe felt preseason-y. And it felt like the Lakers had urgency in game one and they were still down seven at halftime, right? Like the Warriors did not play a lot of their guys in the second quarter and the Lakers couldn't make that, couldn't turn that into a lead, you know? And that's, that's kind of the thing that's scary, you know, when you look at this team and that's, that's a problem. You know, I think the Lakers, we've done all the preview shows. You can go check that stuff out, but like, that's, that's just going to be the issue with the Lakers right now. And it's sad. It, it really is sad, I think, is the, the proper word there. Well, what's not sad is this is the end of the show, Mo. That's going to do it, folks. Keep it locked in to the Athletic NBA show. We got good stuff coming up. Of course, we got Nerder. We got Slam and Jam. We got the Daily Dang every night starting tonight. Thank you guys for joining us. This is season four for me and you here at the Athletic Mo. All right, Mo, let's get out of here. Thank you.